Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. We are finally back to the podcast with Mark. How's it going, Mark? Ah, it's going pretty good, actually. After that crazy two and a half week launch period we've just been through, I'm starting to finally recover. How about you? No, I'm not recovering because I'm actually working on on the newbie program. <laughs> so I am working, I've recorded like seven videos yesterday and we've written something like 15 lessons this week with parents. So we are definitely still working, but I am taking a break from tomorrow. So I can't wait, actually. Awesome. How did the launch go? Pretty good. So for everyone who's listening who did sign up i want to say a big thank you to to that and to everyone who helped us promote it by sharing it with friends and family and whatnot went very well as we said during the launch period we were going to close authority hacker pro to new signups at the end of september which we've now done so if you're listening to this from october onwards which well, everyone will be because this is the start of October now. Yeah. <laughs> then we're actually going to open Authority Hacker Pro at the, probably at the start of 2017. Not sure exactly when, but if you're interested in joining then and want to be the first to hear about it, then go to authorityhacker.com slash pro. Make sure you sign up to that mailing list. And one other thing is that from time to time, we do these Ask Me Anything kind of podcasts, and we're looking for more questions for that. So if you have a question which you want to ask Gail or I about authority sites, business, you know, even if it's something about politics or religion, we'll happily answer that as well. Go to authorityhacker.com forward slash ask. Yeah, we, we should call it like the stuff you should not talk about at dinner podcast or something. <laughs> anyway, today we are not talking about politics or religion. We're talking about the new Penguin update. And I should have teased that earlier. I hope people didn't drop off. But I've seen a lot of sites. I mean, obviously, Google updated Pen- Penguin. And we're going to explain what this is in a second, if you don't know. But a lot of people listed what it does, but didn't really explain what it meant for people. So we're going to try to do that today and talk about real-life implications. But let me just first explain what Penguin was, and you're going to tell people how it was horrible for us the first time it came out. But essentially, it's an algorithm layer that Google has to rank websites that was released in April 2012. So it's been a while now, actually. But so far, it used to be an update that uh, was targeting backlinks, especially anchor text in the first generation, then got a little bit more refined. And if you had a lot of backlinks, essentially your whole site would drop down in Google and all your rankings would drop down. And no matter how good your site is, if you have these terrible links pointing to your sites, you would just not be able to rank very well in Google and your traffic was often divided by five or six when you were hit by that. So essentially, you could forget traffic from Google. And because it was only rolled out every six to 18 months, it was really random, you know, they would just say, oh, by the way, we just refreshed it. Then, you know, when you get, you got caught in it, literally, there was nothing you can do to recover your traffic until this was refreshed again. And obviously, you had to do things so that in the next refresh, you could be out of it, like, you know, removing links and, you know, actually emailing people to remove links became a thing using this disavow tool that they released something like two years later, which is essentially a tool that tells Google, hey, please ignore these links because these are bad links and and doing all these things. And basically you do all these things when you get penalized 
And then you'd hope that the next refresh would work out. And sometimes it would be up to 18 months. And if you didn't do a good enough job, they would not unpenalize you. So you'd wait maybe another six to 18 months. So that actually... There was no way of telling either. You, you, wouldn't, no. you wouldn't know. <laughs> it's just like you're kind of like doing your best and hope. That shut down a lot of people's businesses, especially because... Back then, if if you look back in 2012, it was very easy to rank with Spam. And to be frank, they, this is what worked, right? It's like if you were trying to do content marketing in a period where you know social networks were not nearly as developed as they are now, and Google was really the one source of traffic, it was really really difficult. Like big companies could do it, like uh, Muzz was still already preaching it, etc. But the truth is, for small business, it was very very complicated to do that stuff. And it, the, in vast, case, the vast majority, you know? yeah, the vast majority of small and medium businesses, especially if they worked with an SEO company like our former agency, for example, back then, they would pay a couple hundred bucks a month and just basically spam using automated or semi-automated software, lots and lots of articles and variations of these articles to blog networks, automated blog networks to get links. And it all came crashing down. Yeah, and to be frank, this was that was an interesting thing and interesting tension I want to take here, and then you, I'll let you tell our story. But that also set the price of SEO services back then. So you know, for small businesses, it was quite expected to be charging between something like four hundred to a thousand dollars a month, maybe for SEO services, and that was a profitable business model for Greyhat because like you could run that for maybe a hundred, hundred fifty bucks per month for clients. If you include the content, the spinning, the distribution, etc., for the links, that was great business. But the prices when Penguin came out did not change, and a lot of SEO agencies also died off because small businesses were not ready to pay more. And all the tactics that actually built the pricing and the expectations in that industry were based on these great strategies that were no longer working or were at least a lot more risky. And that is, in my opinion, what signed the end of the like small agency model for a lot of people. But I let you tell people what happened to us actually when that happened because we did that stuff yep. and we paid for it. Yeah, so basically for the previous, I don't know, like nine, 10 months uh, before this hit, um, actually, no, it was more than that. It was about a year, year and a half, I think. We'd been building up our digital mar- or SEO agency. It was pure SEO back then. And as I alluded to earlier, we would basically take people's money and buy subscriptions to these tools like Article Marketing Robot, uh, Linkvana. What were some of the other ones? Build My Rank. Build My uh, Rank. These, uh, these kind of... Article Wizard. Yep. And basically get a few articles written, spin them, so create m- multiple nonsensical variations of them <laughs> and push them out through all these tools. And it created hundreds, thousands of links. If you got delved, started delving into XRumor and other like even shadier software, then you know hundreds of thousands of links. And it worked. It you could rank any, almost well, yeah. any site very quickly. You know, in I think my record was like uh, starting a site and ranking in four hours on page one of Google. Yeah, um, just to give an idea to people of like how fast this stuff. Was, my my, my personal favorite was our friend Tasso. He, he had a an about dot me page, and <laughs> we were just like chatting about this software, and he challenged us to rank that for. The there was no content on it, right? There was yeah. just a picture. It was just a picture of his face and three pictures of his face for the keyword how to date models. 
so we did it and it was there for like six <laughs> six months or something even more he was uh, there for like a year and a half actually yeah yeah so, so that stuff worked basically it, just it, to say yeah it worked uh, just to be clear though it doesn't work anymore a- april 2012 when penguin one first came out i mean we had no idea this was coming the writing was kind of on the wall i guess but um no idea no idea it was coming out specifically then Suddenly, overnight, 80% of our clients got penalized or lost most of their rankings. Now, these were mostly small businesses, which, which we'd been working from since the early days. We, we did work for a few sort of much larger sites, and they didn't seem to get penalized to the same extent. But this was a huge deal for, for our company, and it forced us immediately to completely change our business model and go from gray hat to white hat and... We lost, obviously, yeah. a bunch of clients in the process. We did a full podcast. I was, I was going to say that we preemptively made a party for the 100 clients just before. <laughs> <laughs> and then this happened, and literally we lost like 30 clients or something. Yeah, we, so we, we never don't quite... Don't party too much in advance. We never quite did make it to 100 clients. <laughs> and to be honest, I'm kind of glad. But yeah, we did another podcast. If you look through our previous podcast on the, the agency, if you want to learn more about that. But yeah, basically, overnight, this... This whole thing, the, the house of cards just fell down, basically. And that was our first introduction to Google Penguin. And uh, part of the reason, actually, why we ended up moving towards the sort of authority site model as a, as a way of constructing our businesses. Yeah, I mean, in general, that update scared so many people of link building in general. Like Grey Hat, yeah, like all these article services we talked about, like uh, Unique Article Wizard, etc. I think they still exist, but probably their revenue is like 10% of what it used to be back then. It scared off a lot of people of link building in general. And I think it's actually it was a good thing. Like it, it hurt us in the short term. Overall, I'm pretty happy this happened. Otherwise, I'd probably still be doing crap link building right now. And also, it made room for all that content marketing stuff and, you know, figuring out this guest posting and editorial stuff, et cetera. And it opened up all these things, like all these people that you're following today. Like, uh, I mean, Neopata was probably around back then and Ren Fishkin were probably around, but like, you know, Brandon was not around and like Chris from RankXL wasn't around, et cetera. And all these people, they got room to figure this stuff out because of these kind of updates together with the panda update which was penalizing low quality content essentially that kind of spun content on websites on people's own websites and people would rank with that and put that sense and make money so these two updates together actually essentially created the inbound scene that you know today even though you might have known it as it is right now for the whole time you've been working it actually was very different before these two updates yeah the now, whole the whole term inbound marketing uh, i mean it was very, very few people were even using it before 2012. Yeah, it's it's just like everyone was like SEO, SEO, SEO. And if you look at Google Trend, you know, SEO has been stagnant since, like the, the, the search for SEO has been stagnant since more or less these updates and content marketing, et cetera, has been growing. So I think it's good overall. Now let's talk about what changed because like there, there has been probably the, the biggest update to the Penguin algorithm ever done i think like a week ago or something so we're not exactly we're a little bit late to the party but i think it's going to be a little bit more comprehensive and i've been reading a lot about what people said and there's really three big changes the first one well remember how i told you that you had to wait six to 18 months for the uh, penguin to refresh and if you got caught well you had to wait and hope for the best when it refreshes well that is gone now the penguin algorithm is real time meaning that it's actually part of the google algorithm so you don't need to wait for the refreshes if you have a site that's penalized, it should slowly start recovering and it 
it should be fine. And there was that thing that it was a real thing that a lot of people, you know, did gray hat in the past. And since it was penalizing for all the links you have pointing to your sites, even if you've been doing it five years ago when nobody even knew that that kind of stuff would be possible, you were penalized. And so that ended up with a lot of people having wasted sites, sites that were that they were just literally unable to recover because they had so many spam links. And, you know, we had a lot of members in HPro come in and say, hey, I have all these crap links to my site. And the recommendation was like, well, probably you should just start a new site because it's going to be so much work to clean it up. You know, by that time, you'll have a pretty decent new site. So that, I think, is going to be gone, actually, because you'll be able to clean stuff up much faster. And most importantly, and that is another, the second point, is Google is trying to ignore spam links rather than punish you for having them. So, you know, before it was like, oh, you got a bunch of spam links. Well, no matter what else you do, you are penalized. Your whole site is penalized. And basically, <laughs> that's it. You're, you're dead to us, you know. <laughs> now it's like they're like, they're trying to say that instead of saying doing that, they're just trying to just not count these, these spam links. And so as a result, what I expect is that these penalized sites that had a lot, a lot of spam links, like our old agency website, by the way, will slowly and naturally try start to recover. And I think that's going to be interesting for people that still have these domains to look at the analytics in the next three months. And another massive update, the third one, is that before, when you were cutting this update, even if you had spam pointing to like one or two pages of your site, it would end up penalizing the whole domain, right? It would, like, all your pages, no matter how clean they are, would be down in rankings and, and your level of organic traffic would drop dramatically. Mm-hmm. Well, now, it's not the case anymore. Now, it's, uh, it's actually, they're trying to be more granular. And basically, what it seems to be is they're trying to be page level. And that was one of my big predictions for this year, so I'm really happy it happened, is that Penguin uh, now will ever takes effect because they're trying to ignore but if it's kind of like a, a spam score we'll talk about that at the end it will kind of penalize that one page and not the entire domain and that means actually several things but we're going to talk about the implications in a second so that's the three big updates that happened penguin so so that's what it means for penalize i think it's going to be good if you have these sites you have a good chance of recovering them and i know you had a few mark i don't know if you still have them but yeah well uh, i mean i was just sort of thinking how this is going to play out with i mean I tend to avoid buying domain names secondhand just because there's always such a risk. Um, in fact, most of them have really bad links to point you towards them. But now with uh, this rolling out, I'm I'm kind of questioning whether there might be sort of like more of a interest for white hat people in buying uh, expired domains or old domains. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's like if you can conserve the good links and ignore the bad ones, it's, it's definitely opening the range of interesting domains to buy. And that's why we don't buy domains generally, because finding a domain that's branded properly with proper links tended to be really expensive. And especially if you remove the spammed ones, then there would be so little, so few of them that we would tend to ignore them. But now if there's a mix of spam links and quality links, knowing that Google will probably ignore them, it's probably interesting still. Yep. Now... Let's talk about Parasite SEO, because I know a lot of people do FBA, uh, fulfilled by Amazon businesses, where you know they have a page on Amazon.com that sells their product. And a lot of people were trying to essentially shield 
behind the domain authority of Amazon. Because Penguin, remember, was penalizing the entire domain and kind of looking at the link profile of the entire domain, right? So, you know, Amazon.com, it was pretty unlikely it would be penalized by Penguin because even if you were spamming a single page like crazy, like it would be such a tiny percentage of links to Amazon, it would not, like Amazon.com would not get penalized. But that, that had a good chance of ranking that page up for interesting keywords using both the domain authority of Amazon and the links that you've been pushing to that page. Well, that stuff, since... Now it's becoming more granular slash page level is going to become a little bit more difficult. So if you do parasite SEO, parasite SEO being trying to rank a page on another domain, usually a very strong domain to rank, like people were still using these link networks, et cetera, it was working. And I'm expecting this to work a lot less with I think, that update. I think that's going to have quite a big implication for people who do the so-called you know, web 2.0s. Like I see a lot of people for in in the health niche have uh, like re- review type keywords. And oh yeah, they'll they'll go on like one of these big websites. I'm not going to name them all, but rebuildmouse.com. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the classic <laughs> one. Put the review on that, spam a bunch of links to it, and then rank for it. And I think that's going to be wiped out basically quite soon. Yeah, I mean, I, I already checked them out. They're just like for the few keywords we monitored, they're not ranking anymore already. Yeah, um, there you go. <laughs> so it seems it seems to be working. And also, I think that's going to shake up the reputation management industry. So reputation management is a service that is kind of a spin-off of what SEO agencies do. For example, if you are a celebrity or like a popular service or something, and someone writes a really bad review about you, but when people Google your name or people Google your service, this comes up and, and like this costs you sales, essentially. Then there is services called reputation management that essentially try to remove that page out of Google. Now, how do they do that? They usually just try to rank other things above and push that result to page two. So it's like you you create 10 pages around the keywords that are targeted. You usually publish them on these web 2.0s and you spam the hell out of it to try to rank them up. And because they're on these really strong domains, it's unlikely it's going to be penalized by Penguin and you charge your client a lot of money for that. Well, that is going to be more complicated as well because Google is trying to ignore spam links now. And since it's going page level, once again, it's going to be more complicated. So I think the reputation management industry, which is a very lucrative industry, if you want to have some kind of uh, SEO service, is very, very lucrative. You can charge tens of thousands of dollars sometimes for this. We'll probably need to reinvent itself and we'll need to look a little bit more into the white hat size of things, at least for a lot of them. Not all of them do that, but yeah. But let's talk also about what that means for the spammers, for the gray, black, hyper people out there, etc. Because actually, it's good for them too. Why? Because, you know, before it's like you had to put your site up and then they were spamming it and it was ranking a little bit and usually getting penalized within like 6 to 18 months maybe. And then they were doing another domain and doing it again because this domain was essentially, you know, in the penguin realm, which was very, very difficult to get out of. Well, if the update works the way Google means it to work, they're going to be ignoring the links that they classify as spam, which, you know, will maybe be 95% of the links these guys build. But I imagine like some of these links will actually count as value. Like Google is not perfect. They will have false positives, etc. So that essentially means two things. First of all, all these black hatters and gray hatters can recover their old domains much easier. And these domains might recover on their own as well. And second, it means that they can throw a lot more stuff at the wall and you know, see what works and what doesn't without taking a lot of risks if it works that way. However, I expect Google to 
have some kind of system to to like limit that at least and i'm gonna talk about this at the end of the podcast but it's true it's also a positive thing for spammers actually which is going to be interesting to see how it plays out do you think the reason it's positive for them though is because they're like trying to stop punishing and more and moving towards ignoring or because it's more granular well it's like it's probably because they're trying to not punish it means that, yeah. uh, like, you know, they were wasting so much time rebuilding the same site again and again. So many people would, like, find a very profitable keyword, spam the hell out of it, rank for six months, make a lot of money, re- like, lose the site, rebuild the site, respam it, etc. Now, they like, they might be able to either maintain themselves longer or, or like, recover all the page up or something. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like there's so like it, it just think, feels like let's work. You know? I think reading reading the blog posts on the Google site, I think it's it's always hard to tell, and you know whatever yeah. we say is always going to be you know at least partly guessed. I sort of took away that there was this kind of going to be this like roll up effect to a certain extent at least. So because it's going to interpret this as like one of many ranking signals. Yeah, ranking signals. Although they are applied at page level, there's also like the domain-wide aspect yeah. of it. Yeah, and as well. I, I want to talk about this at the end. Actually, it's like yeah. I have like some kind of like theories slash predictions I want to talk about at the end, which I think that will kind of limit that. But first, let's talk about what that means for negative SEO, because I think a lot of people are afraid of negative SEO. I don't think a lot of people get hit by it. But I think a lot of people are very afraid of it. Can, can I just say? If anyone is listening to this podcast has ever had any experience directly, you have been personally hit by negative SEO, please email us, mark at authorityhacker.com, gail at authorityhacker.com. Because email Mark, I have too many emails. I, I, I honestly, I have never encountered someone who's been, who's been properly hit by this. Who's been losing traffic. Like a lot of people, like they, there are attempts, you know, like we, we got yeah, we, someone has a mission. We've had the links pointed at, at us, but we've never experienced any negative effects of it. Ah. So uh, if you have, so. then let us know because I'm I'm still dubious whether it's actually a thing or not. But yeah, yeah. But still, a lot of people talk about it. They're afraid of it, and part of it was cre- like it was all created by the Penguin update. Essentially, that that is what it did. And Google is kind of trying to undo that, you know, with the with these updates by making them softer right now. So I think first of all, if it was effective at all, I just think that it's gonna make it even harder to to make it happen. And also, most importantly, like. People that were really afraid of it, I'd be like, hey, just monitor your links every month and these are all the bad ones, you know? But I don't even think it's necessary anymore. Like Google's basically doing it for you automatically by uh, ignoring the bad links. And they're basically saying that the disavow tool, like it's helping them find bad domains, but overall you don't need to use it for algorithmic things. It's only if you have like a manual penalty, which you will see in the webmaster console. So yeah, I don't think it's really worth disavowing anymore. You know, hopefully it's going to let people move on because a lot of people get excited at blasting their competitor with shit links, which I think is terrible, but it's, it's the truth, especially in very competitive industries. Even though it's not very effective, it seems like it's something that a lot of people got interested in doing as part of their business strategy. I hope it's going to help people move on. So, look, that's basically what it means. Penalized sites, essentially, they should hopefully start recovering on their own and you'll be able to recover them quite quickly. Parasite SEO, well, it's going to be a lot harder if you're using spam. Gray hatters, black hatters, well, good luck. You're going to have a little bit more uh, wiggle room in trying your crazy stuff. And negative SEO, I think, is really going to be, I mean, I'm really curious to see one, as you said. You know, I haven't seen really strong negative SEO, like, kill the traffic of a website. But there's one thing I wanted to talk about, which 
I literally have no data to support. It's just like having worked on a lot of sites. And, you know, when we had the agency, we helped a lot of clients get out of penalties. They had, you know, it's funny because after we did all that penguin stuff, actually we had clients come to us trying to get our help to get out of that, but other clients. And and we did for a while, like we, we did this outreach for removing links. We did disable files and we did recover a bunch of websites as we were learning this quite hard side of things. And so I want to talk about something that I believe exists, which I call personally spam rank for websites and webmasters. So it's something I suspect Google is keeping as an internal metric. Essentially, you know how page rank worked? You had like a score from one to 10. I think that like basically as a new webmaster, you start as a, at a spam rank of five. And then as you are caught in doing spamming activities, like your, your, your spam rank decreases, increases rather, and it decreases when basically automatically decays essentially. And the reason I'm saying that is when we recovered websites from, you know, Penguin or uh, manual penalties, that kind of stuff, I would see them recover like 80% of their traffic, 90% of their traffic, and, you know, that would save the business. But I rarely saw a website recover like 100%. It's like, it's almost like when you breach the trust of someone, you know, and like they forgive you, but they, they always remember. They never trust you the same way they trusted you before. That's kind of how I feel about Google. And Especially you see it when in a lot of industry and a lot of our sites now, we, we publish a page and boom, it ranks on page two or page one without doing anything within 48 hours. And that is what I think is the, a sign of, of high trust from Google. But these sites that have been penalized have had a lot of terrible links and they're out of the penalty. Usually you do the same thing and they rank barely on the top 10 pages and they don't really get that kind of level of passive traffic that you usually get from sites that have never been caught before. So I, I actually personally believe that, you know, especially when we talk about the gray black hatters and recovering their sites, etc. I think they'll be re able to recover most of their traffic, but I think their spam rank is just going higher and higher. And as this happens, like they get a lot less site benefits from, you know, passive traffic from Google, etc. that more white hat sites get. And one thing that's interesting I want to add on that topic before you tell me what you think about this is that it seems like they actually keep tabs on people and accounts, not just a single website. So I've seen a lot of, like, um, I had a friend that did Grey Hat. Uh, he was called uh, Greystone on Wickedfire back then. And he wrote a blog post about some black hat stuff, essentially. And literally, Google was able to de-index all of his websites, even the ones that have no gray hat at all, etc. And it, I've seen that several times where people had like and the entire website portfolio that they've touched be de-indexed or penalized, even though these sites, these specific sites are not necessarily like in, engaged in spammy activities. So it seems like the spam rank would work on the website level, but would actually also work on uh, you know, a person level slash probably Google account level. But even I've seen people that have had their entire portfolio of sites penalized that they had registered on different uh, Google accounts for analytics, uh, webmaster console, etc. So it seems like uh, that is my feeling, at least. That is how I feel about this. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I always sort of have this impression that if like Google will pr pretty much know everything you do, online and i remember way back like looking at this and thinking about this and it's like you know most of us use chrome as a web browser right so basically google knows everything you do from that if not you're using google analytics or, or android. Uh, gmail or yeah android is another great example or even google docs to make a list of your pbn or whatever 
or you log in with Google in other services. Yeah, I mean, just all, all this stuff. There's so much data out there. And I mean, basically nothing you do online is really that secure and these days anyway. I'm sure if the NSA wants to read you, then, you know, they can. And it, it, so can Google, most likely, just because their their fingers are everywhere, you know? So I don't know, like if I were Google and I wanted to combat Grey Hat, the best way I would do that is by making it not work, but not telling anyone that that's what I had, I had done. So Yeah, so people waste their time, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I really, I'm not close enough to the, the like Grey Hat sphere of things. I, don't, I only know like a handful of people who do the, do this stuff. So... I really I I can't comment on how effective it is or whether it's still continuing to be effective or not. So, guys, if anyone out there has any information on this, then please leave a comment and can hear it. I don't see that happening at like an automated level. What you said would like the attributing a spam score to individuals. I'm sure that it can be done manually. Um, yeah, but the, and I think I read some other example of some business like a voucher site or a coupon code site which was a competitor to one site which google actually owned a share in and there was a whole legal debate about that but i don't know enough about it i don't think that would be done on an automated level there's for sites i think it can be for people it's that's what i mean for for people for for websites though i believe so like i see the sites like even getting out of penalties but like they're like 90 yeah. percent out of it and every time they get penalized it's like it this goes down a bit more you can see the new pages don't rank as high you can see the the amount of long-term keywords they rank for is not as high etc and it's like uh, you know you get most of it back but it, it's as i said it's like the trust of a person you know it's like uh, if you if you you've betrayed the trust of someone and they, they've forgiven you like they, they will never forget what you did still yeah <laughs> I would compare it to that. It feels like similar to that. Yeah, um, you also have to remember that a lot of people got stung by hiring an SEO agency, and back in the day when the first Penguin came out. So yeah. I think I think if Google is implementing something like this, they have to be able to. There has to be a certain sort of leeway for people making that initial mistake and then stopping doing it. So that's why I say it yeah. decays over time. Probably you know, it, like it, it does coexist. It's like over time it decays, but we're talking like a two-year decay to get back to a neutral position, you know? Yeah, that would be reasonable, I think. Okay, let me talk about another theory I have, which, that's the last one. After that, I'll take my tinfoil hat (laughs) off, you know? The second one is that I think the next step for these algorithms, Panda and Penguin especially, is to apply artificial intelligence to it. So I was watching the Google Keynote where they revealed the new phones, the Pixel phones, etc. But most importantly, they revealed a bunch of software updates where they're building what they call the Google Assistant, where it's like literally it's an AI that shapes to your personality based on how you search and like talks to you. You don't need to necessarily need to search, you know, which is pretty crazy. It's in the new Pixel phones. It's going to come to an Nexus as well. But most importantly, they were like, oh, we're, we're actually, our priority is not mobile first anymore. Our priority is AI first now. And I believe that this AI is going to be like applied to Panda and to Penguin. So right now they've softened the blow both on Panda and on Penguin, both of them are continuous rollout now. They're part of the algorithm. There's no big, you know, press of the button, big shakeup of the search results anymore. And overall, they have been softer. So we're kind of in that period, a little bit similar to where we were just before Panda and Penguin came out, right? Where it was very easy to spam, etc. We know the rules. 
Um, but I think that's going to lead to a lot of abuse as well. Like it's easy to still get like low quality content on your site. Sure, it's unique, but it's low quality. It's like it's the facts are not verified. Like you could write anything medical, and you know you could rank in Google for that, etc. Or you could have an editorial link like on a high quality site in a completely unrelated article, but that still gives you as much credit as like uh, as a related article, etc. Well, I believe this level of AI they're building, i.e. rank brain, which is now basically part of the, the core algorithm factors like, you know, backlinks, etc., the very basic factors, is going to be applied to these more advanced algorithms, Panda and Penguin. And I think that's going to do things like if you write something that's wrong factually on your website, you will rank lower in terms of content or if, if the context of your link is not, uh, doesn't make sense inside the content, then the link is going to count less or even is going to be counted as spam and discarded completely by the Penguin algorithm. And I believe that's what's going to happen. And we're going to get back into a period where it's going to be like a big shakeup, like we've known like for the first Panda and Penguin without the AI stuff. It's just going to be the same stuff, smarter, like as if a human was looking at it. Obviously not as good because AI is just not at that level yet, but that's what they're aiming to be. That's that's why I predict will happen. And that's why I think that, you know, if you buy content from someone that doesn't know what they're talking about and, you know, writes factually wrong things, etc., one day it's going to bite you because Google is going on the AI direction. So right I think essentially what you're saying is that trying to game the system, even if it's in a white hat way, yep. is it is not going to be a long term answer, and that to to, to I think so, yeah. To succeed, it's like if you contradict Wikipedia, it's like they will they will blast you eventually. For to example. to succeed in the long term, then your site actually your site your content your links actually need to be good, not you know. Game. Like the information needs to be good. Right now, you just need your content to be long enough and have the right keywords in it. Yeah. And I'm talking about the Panda variation. And like what I believe is going to happen is it's going to start understanding the facts. Like as they have the knowledge graph growing, as they have, you know, the rich snippets where they start to understand the answers to there questions, etc. There was a couple of years ago they had that. There was some announcement that they, uh, it was, I think it was specifically about health that they were, they were going on. There was some like fact checking thing which Google yeah but doing. it's not very good. i mean like now they're making really 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 big progress in ai and the first part of the keynote from october 4 from google if you want to check it out on youtube is all about their progress in ai and it's really really impressive like literally they can tell exactly what's on the picture now etc like they're going to be able to index pictures the exact same way they index content now etc like it's really quite impressive and but it's like you know they had to make Panda and Penguin part of the core algorithm to be able to develop this rank brain, which is the AI part of the algorithm, to work with it. You know, and that's I think that's the next step, and it's not there yet. Once it's there, it's going to be a lot harder to like. You're going to have to be a lot tighter in terms of your content guidelines, factual things, etc. Like, yeah, and it's going to be the same for links as well. If if it's going to be easier to see, like this this link is completely out of context. It doesn't mean anything in the sense of the sentence here, etc. It's not just going to be based on anchor text. There are like kind of like dumb factors. It's going to be it's going to look at the whole page and and be a little bit smarter. And as AI progresses, which is a lot lately. That stuff is going to be more and more refined, and I imagine eventually it's going to be like a human reading your your site and saying this makes sense, this doesn't make sense. You know. One other interesting thing that I just just thought of is, do you remember ages ago they had that? It's called like author rank or like author oh, ID. Yeah. Well, author and author rank, yeah. Yeah, it would probably make sense that they they could eventually, if they haven't already done, like automate that using artificial intelligence to identify 
patterns, yeah, I mean, you know, and who in who's writing which content, and then so you know, if you're a PBN owner in that case, having the same person write content for all your sites, that's probably time to worry at that point. I mean, most people say author rank never went away. It's just the real author in the the markup in the search results, right? The photo of people because it was ridiculous. Everyone had a photo, even like uh, services and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like a lot of people say, author rank never went away, and and I would tend to agree. I mean, if you, if we want to talk about something very specific, I can definitely see a trend where certain authors on health ambition rank on average much higher than others. So, but is that because they're just not, they have better content? Well, it's hard to tell, right? I, yeah. I, I, it's hard to tell. I mean, I'm not Google; I can't tell how they see it. But I, I definitely have a trend where some writers get like 80% of their articles successful, whereas others get 10%, you know? Yeah. I um, guess, but to, to, to quote you, Gail, correlation is not causation. Oh, that's what I say. <laughs> I can't prove it and I don't have data to say that. All I'm saying is is uh, it could be that it's part of this author rank thing because they are clearly like, you know, their photo is on there, their name is on there, yeah. links to their site is on there, etc. It's very easy for Google to correlate that stuff. So I'm saying that could be part of it. As some people say it never went away. I can't say it. You know, I'm not Google. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to wrap up for that podcast, actually. So, guys, we are back with the podcast now. We're going to try to stick to one a week. I am pretty busy with the newbie program, which hopefully will come out soon. It's, it's, it's not the newbie program anymore. It's the authority site system. All right. This is the marketing name, the authority site system. Uh, I just realized the abbreviation for that is uh, the ass. So. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> so if you want to buy Gail's ass, you need to wait a little bit. And uh, we'll see no, you guys ser- next week. Ser- sorry, seriously though, guys, the authority site system is probably the best piece of content we've ever produced. It's not finished yet, but it's going to the be most challenging a, as well. <laughs> it's going to be a complete beginner's guide to starting an authority site from scratch. It's gonna presume zero knowledge, can teach you everything you need to know, and it's gonna be super actionable like the most actionable digital product yeah. i think that's ever existed and there's also going to be a, a book, right? there's also going to be a complete over the shoulder video of us creating a site from scratch from start to finish stay tuned we'll announce that probably uh next month sometime yeah okay well guys see you next week thanks for listening and have a good day Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.